All right, we're rolling. Hello, friends. My name is Dave Miller. And I'm Mal Spain. And we're your fuck buddies. We are a dating and sex advice podcast where we take your sticky, sexy situations and we turn them into sexy, sticky situations. Simply put, we find questions, usually online or from our wonderful listeners, but this week from Tickle.life, and we answer them on the topics of sex and dating. That's right. We are joined by a lovely representative from Tickle.life, our friends over at the site. We've talked about them before. We've been friends with them for a while, um, but today we are joined with Angel. Hello. Welcome. Yes. Hi. I'm really excited to be here. Hell yeah. Do you want to uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I am the COO of Tickle.life and I am a board certified sex educator. I've been teaching sex ed to adults for about 10 years. I am all but thesis on a master's degree in psychology. I actually am turning in the first full draft of my thesis this month so I can Congrats. defend this semester. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm a little nervous to say, to, to accept any congratulations just yet uh, until the, the words are on the page, but um, I just don't want to jinx myself. But yeah. I take it back. No, thank you. Yes. In, in a month, ask me how it went and then yeah. you can <laughs> congratulate me. Four weeks from now, expect that message. <laughs> Bingo. I'm in. I'm in. I'll look forward to it. Um, yeah. So that's kind of my situation. I um yeah that's that's a little bit about me oh yeah far more qualified than us i love it i was literally about to say we're, <laughs> we're just gonna call it in this episode we're just gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna walk off you take it from here we'll we'll be back at the end <laughs> i am like so excited i love your show i've been listening for a while my partner and i both listen and um we're i'm like really excited to be doing this and i'm looking forward to kind of like riffing with you guys and yeah. so yeah i i am please don't leave because I'm really looking forward to, <laughs> to the dynamic. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks again for, for coming out. And uh, yeah, we're excited too. Before we jump right into the questions, do you want to talk a little bit for the people who aren't super familiar with Tickle, what Tickle is all about? Yeah. So um, Tickle.life is a global sexual wellness discovery platform. So what that means is we um, are like your one-stop shop for answers to your questions about sex and relationships. Um, so, you know, when you're done listening to the fuck buddies and you want to hear more good content on sex and dating and relationships and all of that, head over to Tickle.life and we can continue to fill in the gaps and answer your questions. We have a really insanely robust blog. We have, um, we just launched a whole fleet of podcasts. Um, we have the largest listing of curated sex positive podcasts anywhere. Um, we do multimedia, um, multinational uh, workshops. We are getting ready to launch a bunch of, a bunch of courses. Um, so we have a ton, a ton, a ton of content. I'm sure I'm going to be forgetting things. Um, oh, we're also getting ready to launch a marketplace where people will be able to visit um, medical and mental health professionals that are sex positive. So let's say that you're you know, reading an article on something and maybe you're reading an article on STIs and it's starting to sound kind of familiar to you and you're going, oh no, and you want to check out more about that, you can book an appointment with a doctor who can um, do a telehealth visit with you and all of that can happen right through the site. So that's kind of what we're setting up right now. Um, and so there's lots of things to look forward to with tickle and with, or with tickle.life and like what we're doing. And so just, uh, head over and sign up for the newsletter and you'll get updates as we launch new things. It's a startup. So we're constantly launching new things all the time. Um, but I would say that the thing I am the most, most excited about right now is we, we did just launch like a huge portfolio of 
original content podcast, including one that um, I am doing with my my husband. We're doing a podcast called Sex Ed Speakeasy, where we get drunk and talk about the history of sex. Hell and yeah. so, uh, so yeah, check I'll, us out. I'll definitely be checking that out. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you guys tickles should great. come drink with us sometime. I, we're down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to ask us twice. Yeah. And yeah, Tickle is awesome. We've definitely uh, like linked a few articles and we've talked about them a bunch. And like when you say one-stop shop, it's not an exaggeration. There's like everything on there. So uh, definitely worth checking out. And we're also on there. And soon yes. we'll have an advice column on there. So that's we'll, right. We'll spoiler warning. I, I know. Yeah. And we can talk about that more at the end. I'm very excited about the uh, upcoming column. Yeah. So are we. So this week, we usually source our questions from our listeners and various online resources such as Reddit um, and more dubious sources at times. <laughs> uh, but this week, Tickle ha- or Tickle.life has provided us with a list of questions. Um, I don't know. Do you know where this has come from specifically? I know that some of it was questions that people had brought to us. Some of it was questions that... Um, the team sourced. So I don't, I was not part of the sourcing of the questions. I saw them once a while ago. I was told that they were added to, so I'll actually get to be surprised. (laughs) Um, So I don't, I don't know the origins of all of the questions, but I do know that the team had been sourcing them for like quite a while. So um, I'm excited to see what we've got. It's definitely Uh, an eclectic bunch. (laughs) It's all over the, all over the place. (laughs) A little bit. There are some questions that, yeah, they, they they get a little wild. Um, yes, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna softball, I think, and I think we're gonna start with it's the first question on the list, uh, and I think it's a great way to introduce kind of kind of what we're in for. Um, and the question is: suddenly there's a gender swap in the world. All boys become girls, and the same with the opposite. How do you think the world would handle it? I'm gonna let you guys go first. And as guest, we always get to make you go first. So, oh, no okay, I'll go first. <laughs> How do I think the world would handle it? Honestly, I think the world would be fine. I think people are surprised at ha- would be surprised at how not rigidly they adhere to gender roles, even when they think they do. Um, I think that our world is really set up for gender diversity in better and better ways all the time. And, um, I, I think that, uh, I think the first thing is that, especially if we're talking about cisgender folks, so folks who their gender is the same as their sex assigned at birth, I think that, um, the first thing that everybody would do is like, check out their new genitals, right? Like that's 100%. the whole thing. Like if I, it's going to be like a month maybe of like no activity while everyone just masturbates. Masturbates just and like, yes, tons extended of Extended amount of time. But I kind of think once we get past our new junk, like I really think that'll <laughs> be like the biggest transition. And then we're just going to like live our lives the way we've been living them. So I don't really see it. Um, I, I mean, I think the gen, I think gender is a really cool part of people's personalities. And I think that it makes a difference in sort of how we move through the world. And I think we might all understand each other a lot better if we got to sort of spend some time um, kind of coexisting in each other's spaces. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think it would be like, I don't think, it, again, outside of, like you said, the month that we would all spend in our private spaces uh, diddling ourselves. Like, yes. <laughs> I, I think that aside from that, I, I, I I think we'd be um, right back to just being workaholics like we are. Now, and- <laughs> it's interesting that you both assumed this was a permanent swap because I thought this was more of a freaky Friday. You're there until you learn the lesson kind of situation. 
Well, you know what? I think a few people would have a really hard time with it. And I wouldn't have thought this before we started the podcast, but the amount of like questions we've gotten in about like men not like wiping their butts or like cleaning <gasps> down there because they're worried that it's seen as like a feminine thing to like touch their butts and shit like that. The amount of times we've seen that through questions over the last two years, I think a lot of men would have a really hard time being a woman. I'm not sure a lot of women would have as hard of a time being a man. Um, oh, well, but that's I do funny. think people would get over that eventually. But I think initially there would be some panic because apparently that's a thing ingrained in people. Like the hygiene thing. Well, except that women do get access and like get permission to be better at hygiene. And mm-hmm. so it might not, if anything, these dudes who are like scared to clean their bodies because they're worried about whatever toxic nonsense they're worried about, mm-hmm. I think that it, might be like secretly liberating like oh i get to like use the good soap now and nobody's gonna True. like call me a, fl- a fluffer because i am a girl or whatever you know it's so like yeah, i think that like, it might be I'm like moisturized for the first time ever this yeah yeah i think it might open a lot of doors uh for people in the hygiene department um so maybe it would be weird at first and then it would be like oh this this shampoo smells great i'm gonna i'm gonna use it for the first time <laughs> so now do you think there would be a switch of do you think the women who are now men would try to impose the bullshit that men have imposed on women like do you think do you think the new men would like now sub- embrace catcalling like would we suddenly a- start making more money i think we would like love the pay bump <laughs> and i <laughs> um do i no i mean some would yeah i think some you, would you know because... what i couldn't really blame the ones that do either you know what i mean yeah cuz it's like you've been subject to something for so long you you could forgive them for being like you know what fuck it it's my turn yeah i i think you i think you've got again i think that it would be the same like broad brush of people we currently have. Some people would handle it really well and some people would be super jerks about it and some people would like have a total heyday and like that's how people live their lives now. And so the same people who are jerks in their current gender would just be jerks in their new gender and the same Mm -hmm. people who are, like I think that the other things about people's personality, so like I do, so this is probably not like as fun of an answer, but um, I do like uh, personality science research and um, there are, a lot of things about our personalities that are a lot more compelling for most people than their gender. And so that's kind of why I think maybe my answer is a little more boring. I just think that like, again, assuming that it wasn't like a freaky Friday thing where it went back, like we just woke up, if we just woke up and we just were in perpetuity going to be the opposite gender, I think that once people sort of got used to it, we'd just sort of fall into the things in our situations that were a little bit more compelling, like, our financial pressure and parenting and, Mm -hmm. you know, all the things that like make up our personalities in addition to our genders. And so I just, I just see people like sort of leveling out to like a new normal. You know what I think would change drastically and quickly laws in Texas, for example. Yes. (laughs) All of a sudden, a lot of really old politicians would be like, "Hmm, actually I take that back. Actually I take that back. And hmm, funny, this change of heart. Now the fucking affects me. Well, it's funny that you bring that up because structurally and in terms of power dynamic, nothing would really change other than like what you said when when laws are specifically governing women's bodies. But things like CEOs would now be predominantly women. But would would like do you think there'd be a shift of then like with the pay gap sort of 
tidal pool wave onto the women's side because like women <laughs> who were once men are still the people who are in power. Like it, there would be there would be a gender switch in terms of power, but not in structure, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah, I feel like much like today, all the people in power would still fight to keep themselves in power. So that probably wouldn't change much. I guess I just feel like this question, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm going to be like a wet blanket here. I just feel like this question like leaves a lot of like, like, do we mean that everybody just switches genitals or do we mean that like gender identities also switch? Like, is which, like, is that what we mean? Like, so like, what about like, um, the huge amount of people that are gender diverse, like where does their gender go? Like, do they just Mm -hmm. stay in the same spaces? Are they still asking the same questions and like advocating for the same issues, but now everyone around them is like swapped. Does this only impact cisgender people? Like, I think I need more information to be able to like imagine this society. Um, Yeah. Also, I mean, I think the people outside of the gender binary become our new deities. I think is <laughs> well. Is I'm, sort I'm of happy to take up be. that. I'm happy to take up that space. So, <laughs> but also, like, that's kind of my problem with the question as well. Is like, there it assumes a binary almost because it just says yes. boys become girls and say with the opposite. It's like cool, but what about everybody Me. else? Yeah, you know. Well, I'm non-binary, so that, I, yeah. my first thought was like not to make it all about me, but like I I go there very quickly because I think about like of course, what yeah. do you do when it's not. But the other thing I thought of was like let's say it is a one to one, and let's say that like like let's just put the like gender binary question aside for a second, like and let's just say that boys become girls, girls become boys is a straightforward question. Those same people were still socialized in their other genders up to that mm-hmm. point, right? Like, do you lose that memory, or do you suddenly have the history of socialization of your new gender yeah. do you know what i mean like exactly there's too many permutations yeah also i guess it's not really sex dating advice because <laughs> it's a, it's <laughs> a wild hypothetical but i we start at the start it of the list interesting it's an it's an interesting uh conundrum and it does give us a lot of opportunity to talk about important things so mm-hmm. yeah i guess like the it's always a good exercise to be able to like imagine yourself in other people's shoes and like this is this is a chance to do that a little bit i think before we move on, <laughs> let's let's just say tomorrow you wake up and there is a new set of there's there's another set of genitals that you don't <laughs> currently have. Other than masturbating and playing with them, what's the first thing you do? See either what it fits into or what fits into it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was going to say I, just, I don't I guess that I, is masturbating. Damn I would say I just don't I, I think well, because I'm non-binary, like I just think I'd be in the same bucket I'm in now of like getting constantly misgendered and like being like I, I would I think I don't think much would change about my existence, mm-hmm. except that people would misgender me the other direction. Um, so I think Fair. a lot of, I think a lot of what would change about me is I would just be totally fascinated with my new body and it would be really cool to see how people treated me with a new body because right now I know, I know what it's like to be perceived as a woman and I know what that feeling is like. And that's kind of, I, I, I like some things about it and don't like some things about it. So I think it would be really cool. And I do definitely try to like mask my appearance up a lot, like masculinize my appearance a lot, mm-hmm. but there's just only so masculine I can look. Um, and so I, I think that like, it would be cool to wake up and like be perceived as, as truly masculine for a little while. Like I would actually really love that experience. I think that would be kind of a neat way to move through the world for a little while. Now, mm-hmm. now you, you were talking, and I think this is a good segue to our next question. You were talking about depending on what you had, would, <laughs> you would be putting things up or putting things in. 
<laughs> I didn't say that. Who said that? <laughs> that, well, that was definitely me. You know, was- like, I remember being, like, a kid and, like, getting a boner for the first time and, like, ejaculating for the first time and, like, didn't have any good sex education. So I didn't have any fucking idea what was happening. I was just like, that felt fucking wild and I want to do it again. <laughs> and, like, legitimately hurt myself trying to figure it out. Um, so I imagine that's exactly what would happen again. I'd be on, <laughs> yes. like, a subreddit being like... And it's funny, I'm trying to remember, because we definitely came up with two fake genital names back in the day. I'm trying to remember what they are to do a fun throwback joke, but it I cannot was, remember it. It was, uh, I, th- I believe yours was Dry Bones. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I think it was a bone. I think it was something else, but yeah, it was Dry no, something. It's 100% Dry Bone and Plurbus, because that's the name Plurbus. of the... Plurbus. Plurbus was mine. Okay. So if I had a Plurbus, I would be on like the Plurbus <laughs> subreddit. With, like, people updating, like, oh, I just did this to mine. It feels great. And, like, probably 80% would be good posts and probably 20% would be people just fucking, like, taking the piss and hurting other people's pluribuses. It'd be terrible. I, I like the assumption that you would have never encountered a pluribus up to that point. That, like, well, if it's this a third <laughs> mystery genital. Oh, if it's you know? a mystery genital. Oh, I see, mm-hmm. I see. I thought this was just like code names for genitals that currently exist. And I was like, wait. <laughs> no, okay. no. I believe, I'm, ca- I'm caught up. I'm caught up. <laughs> I believe in the fiction of our podcast, the Plurbus was a, a genital that was not unlike, you know, the sticky hands you'd get from like the yes that like 25 cent gosh <laughs> I believe yes. that was. I, I do not. kind of what it was. Do not want a Plurbus. No, thank you. <laughs> anyway, so... This used to be a really good segue, and now it's not because we. <laughs> but hey, guys, is... it's a weird start so far. So just keep going. This is a question that. Let me tell you, friends. <laughs> I'm just gonna read it. Does a penis get stuck inside while you have sex? <laughs> is that the whole question? That's that's it. That's the whole question. Okay, I want to. I want to say that this is not wild for me. Mm-hmm. Like I love, I I love that that like and, this question. Can I just it. interrupt you in, yes. for a second, Angel? The fact that you said that is wild to me. The no, f- I said so, this is not wild. It's this is not oh, wild for me. Oh, I know, but I you think saying that it's any a wild that's not wild. Oh, it's yet. wild that is not wild. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I'm I'm very very excited to see what the next <laughs> what the next couple words out of you are. <laughs> My, I just, my inbox looks like this. And, it, and it, just because, again, we just talked about this, like people have terrible sex education. And so I don't know anything about the age of the person like asking this or the experience level of the person asking this, but like, this is a thing that can happen in like the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so if you're learning about sex from things like anime or porn or, um, like watching Animal Planet or like a lot of the ways that people learn about sex and you've never experienced it. This is like a super valid question that comes from like most sex ed is fear-based. So it's mm-hmm. like, here are all the horrible things that are going to happen to you and your junk if you do the sex. And like, just because nobody mentioned that this is one of them, who knows, right? So the, is my penis going to get stuck? Like the answer is no. Um, well, I guess it depends on where you put it, but I assume we're asking, is a penis going to get stuck inside a vagina or maybe like an asshole? And like, I'm going to, I'm going to very confidently and assuredly say that the answer to that is no. Um, well, have have we ever heard of penis captivus? Because that's the official name for what happens when a penis gets stuck inside somebody. 
But how long is stuck? So apparently it is ultra rare, like uh, almost oh. almost non-existent. And a lot of the time they think that it's possibly due to vaginismus and like involuntarily uh, muscle yeah. spasming around something. And even then it doesn't last long because either one of the partners will, you know, relax at which mm-hmm. point it will be fine. Um, but I did look this up earlier because I had to know just in case I came on okay. and gave a, a completely wrong answer. Um, like I just did. Well, I, I don't, I, I guess to like, I, I guess, think it's so rare that you didn't give a wrong answer. Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> well, and cause I was going to say what happens when the pers- people involved just relax was going to be my following question. If you hadn't mm-hmm. like said that was the muscle tension and like blood flow creating like a Chinese finger trap situation is definitely like a thing that can happen, but not like for a length of time where you need to be worried about like seeking medical attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it basically says like, unless you, yeah, like calm down and it will last for moments at most. Um, yeah. that I just really like the name penis captivus. I love that. Um, it sounds like a Harry Potter spell. It really does. And I was also <laughs> terrified when I looked it up, expecting to be told nothing. And then it just said penis captivus in bold on Google. And I was like, <gasps> Yes. Like a new fear got added into my like fear library and thankfully was removed quite quickly. But for a minute, <laughs> it kind of crawled back inside of me. Now, you guys are also assuming that we're talking like this question just says, well, you have sex. It doesn't really specify what you're having sex with. So it could if you're having yeah. sex with a, with a person made of cement, wet cement, <laughs> okay. and you okay. and if you wait a little too long, yeah, it's going to get stuck in there. Some sort yeah. of like, like maybe a Jello mold. Well, or... don't use super glue as lube. I think lube. we can. There's some There's, advice. That's our first advice of the I, of the episode. I feel like also maybe you could get something stuck on you. Like if you used like a like let's say that you used like a like a cock ring or something for a cock ring that wasn't meant to be used for a cock ring, and then when your blood flow shifted, that could maybe like tourniquet like if you use Mm -hmm, a condom that's too tight and you get that like dick tourniquet thing which is a a real um term and also not fun to think about but like it's not just keep slotting things into my fear library just keep (laughs) going well i did a whole video on um like condom fit Mm -hmm. and um that was one of the things where we were like going through and looking at like why is it important to have a great condom that fits and like the idea of like the tourniquet like we just did like a collective shudder of like Mm -hmm. oh i'm so so it is important but again that's another thing of like In that case, too, it would be temporary and it would be related to blood flow. I imagine you could make it worse if you were on some sort of erectile dysfunction medication, Mm -hmm. you know, and then your blood flow was like if your blood flow kept your boner hard and you were using some sort of thing that was not the right fit for you. But again, all of this would be temporary. Yeah. So I think if you are somehow in this penis captivist situation, um, just, you know, be calm. Don't worry, don't panic. And, you know, it will it will fade. This will be a funny story one day. (laughs) I I can't imagine. I don't have a penis, but I can't imagine a a situation that would make me feel less calm than discovering that my penis was captivist. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, like the second I enter any sort of mortal fear or terror, let me tell you, my dick doesn't get harder. So I feel feel like. (laughs) Yes. you're in Instant the boner killer. 
Right. Yeah. So I think the second like there's any sort of fear, if I'm like, you know, if I am having sex with a block of cement that hasn't quite dried yet. <laughs> okay. Is there something you want to tell us here? Because <laughs> this is weirdly specific and you specific. keep repeating it. Um, there was I a just, time for you to admit this to me and it was before we had a guest on, Dane. This is a SpongeBob episode. The uh, Not the penis part, but the block of cement part. Like, uh, s- yeah, like Squidward gets... Patrick gets stuck in one of SpongeBob's sponge holes? Ah, no, I don't. I don't know if I saw that one. Uh, no, it, this. I'm serious. There's like an episode where uh, Squidward gets he like rolls into wet cement and it like hardens around him and he ends up like stuck in wet cement and he gets mistaken for these like weird sea cre- this like other sea creature and nobody knows it's Squidward in there. And like I, that's all I keep. Th- all I keep seeing in my head is Squidward's bulbousy nose stuck in the wet cement. And it looked like a, a penis on his face because it does. And so mm-hmm. now that I'm, that is the image that that is conjured up, which is so a bonus. This is, this is something, again, a tangent here. And I, I, I'm not making a case for myself here, but have you ever <laughs> seen the porn where they like encase people in cement? No. So it's like they get in sort of like a, you know, like the magician boxes where you like your head and your your legs are out and then they saw you in half mm. kind of thing. It's kind of like that situation. So like a woman would be put in sort of like a doggy style position and then she gets cemented so that like her just her shoulders and sort of her, you know, waist down are exposed. But the rest is like encased in cement. And there's nothing that like terrifies me more than that idea. <laughs> like imagine the sensation of just being trapped there like that. That, that sounds horrible. It sounds very bizarre. Also, I've never even heard of this. Me either. It's, Which I think I is testament to my porn searches. I think that's good. I think that's a good sign that it's never come up. The, that it's never been a related video for you? Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. The, the closest thing I can think of is like those vacuum beds. You guys have seen those. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Vac- I guess. That, vacuum pads? Yeah, vacuum beds. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a latex or like a silicone yeah, like a PVC latex. kind of yeah. thing. And you like get into it and they put like a little straw in your mouth and it covers you from head to toe. And then they like a, use like a vacuum seal like to suck oh, all yeah. the air out of it. And so you're like encased in this PVC like sealed in like 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 a vacuum seal like chicken breast <laughs> and and so i i have always when i've seen those ever um i've i've seen that in real life and that made me watching someone else do it made me feel claustrophobic so i don't think i would respond well to adding no. the weight of cement no. Into yeah. the equation. I, f- I felt like a little quiver when you said, not like a sexy one, like a yeah, like a one. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. When you said they put a straw in your mouth because I don't want to just have a straw be my lifeline. You know it what is. I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, it's that that worries intense. me. I think the fear is part of what makes the activity sexy for people. It's definitely mm-hmm. like a an edge play, like kink thing of like. Um, uh, it's there's like a usually you're you're doing this with someone else you're not by yourself and so you have to really trust the other person mm-hmm. and you have to um, the fact that it like kind of accelerates your anxiety and your heart rate your body responds to arousal I mean arousal is arousal is arousal and some people mm-hmm. um, respond to anxiety arousal with like a, a genital arousal as well and so I imagine that that's part of what is sexy is that it's a little scary but. I did not personally find it to be sexy scary. I just found it to be no thank you, put it on my no list scary. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
So those people should not fuck cement because they will just get more aroused when they. <laughs> I, I guess yes. <laughs> really, also, like, ow. <laughs> do, do we all think that Dick Tourniquet would make a really good porn star name, or is that just me? It no. sounds like a punk band. <laughs> Dick Tourniquet True. sounds like a garage punk, like, like Sex Pistols knockoff band. You said yeah. something wonderful earlier that I was going to say sounded like a really great band name, but. Uh, Everyone was talking and I forgot. It was something like once we get over our new genitals or something. It was it was a very good line. I was like, that would be a great I, band. Oh, All right, we should move on. Man. <laughs> oh, well, when you listen back and you remember, you'll have to let me know. Yeah, yeah I'll tweet you it. <laughs> so this is uh, this is my favorite question that we've gotten because <laughs> ever, not ever, but on this list. I mean, it's okay. up there. It's definitely up there. Okay. Um, the question is. What is the chance of getting pregnant from swallowing semen, then immediately French kissing your partner, and then gi them giving you oral sex and fingering you? Oh, so there's definite fluid swaps. So why is that your favorite question? Because the order of operations here, if this is a legitimate concern you have, just reverse the order? But what if the order of operations has already occurred, and now the questions are, oh, oh, crap right like what if it's an what if it's an oh shit question okay so this it. is yes yeah, so they've done it now and then immediately like oh fuck oh beans. yeah they can't we they can't get this. in their delorean and undo it and so now they want to know is this like a plan b situation or is this just uh yeah okay, that's fair so i'm gonna let you guys go first this time i feel like we've been talking a lot dan you go uh, so the way i see this is the the main i think the main contributing factor is whether or not you have swallowed so if I'd like, because the way it's happening is, oh, it's a, it's just a swallowing semen. So then immediately French kissing your partner and then that partner performing oral sex on you while fingering you. I think the likelihood of you getting pregnant off that is slim. I'm not going to say impossible because, you know, condoms are still only 99% effective. So there's always a chance. But the likelihood of residual semen staying in your mouth and transferred from a kiss and then from that kiss not only onto your like vulva or labia or clitoris or whatever and then pushed with enough you know juice to send it all the way inside to inseminate you while fingering i think is i think is a stretch yeah I, oh, go ahead uh, no i was just gonna agree <laughs> i was gonna yeah, say like that's verbatim what my answer would have been <laughs> sperm doesn't really survive very long outside of the body and like I, I, even if you like held the load in your mouth and decided to like actively spit it down and you know really tried to do it that way you'd probably be at the very far end of possibility but like if you're actually swallowing and you're not like immediately going down like all these factors contribute to like less and less possibility less and less sperm that is alive or effective Etc. It. I would imagine, much like a captivist penis, it's so <laughs> unlikely that it's not something you need to worry about. It makes yeah. me feel like the person who asked this question saw one of those Rube Goldberg machines. You know what those are? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and was like, "Hey, what's the craziest fucking way we can get pregnant?" <laughs> and was it, like, "This. This could be it." It. It. It sounds like someone who did you know that um only 
Only 18 states require that if sex education is given, it has to be medically accurate. That seems like a wild thing to exist. Because it's like, what the fuck is the point of medically <laughs> inaccurate sex? Like, uh, there's I mean, this belief. I'm not surprised yeah, at all. <laughs> there's this belief that if we scare the children, they will not do the sex. And yet 55% of people in the U.S. have sex before they turn 18. And so we know that like the fear doesn't doesn't keep us from doing the thing it just makes us more less likely makes you to use feel protection. bad while you're doing it yes it makes you feel scared it gives you a lot of shame and it makes you like unsure about how to take care of your body and take care of your partners and so uh, this sounds like one of the questions that i would get if i was teaching sex ed to like teenagers mm -hmm. it sounds like yeah. the, the the let me think of all like because teenagers really want to find loopholes and so they want to find ways to to do the sex that are as risk-free as possible because they don't want to have these like horrible outcomes that they're taught they're supposed to have that are going to happen. And so it sounds like a, is this a really safe, it, it sounds like they actually maybe don't think that they can get pregnant this way. they just really want to make sure like if mm -hmm. I, if we're doing oral sex and there's lots of oral sex happening and there's body fluids exchanged in the oral sex. Now your bigger concerns there are like different STIs and things, but definitely mm -hmm. this does not sound like a, like a pregnancy risk scenario um, in any way. And if anybody is to ever get pregnant doing this set of things in this order, by all means, call me, I'll pay your hospital bills. Like there's just no like way that that's going to happen. I would just be floored. I'm not really going to pay your hospital bills. Uh, I just, <laughs> like, not if you're in America. Right. I was going to say, we can't afford it. We can't afford that. But no, I just, yeah. I mean, when you said, oh, that's so unlikely as to be like not worth discussing. Like I, and if you're super, super, super worried about your pregnancy risk, if you did behavior and bodily fluids were exchanged and you just have doubt about your pregnancy risk, take a plan B pill there. You can get them on Amazon. And um, plan B is not an abortion pill. It will not keep a pregnancy. Uh, it will not end a pregnancy. It'll keep a pregnancy from occurring in the first place. And so mm -hmm. you have three days to take it after the exchange of the bodily fluids. And so if there's like a piece of you that's like, oh, I don't know if I trust those people on that Fuck Buddies podcast. <laughs> and so uh, maybe I'm still pretty nervous. Just order yourself a plan B off the Amazon with the prime shipping or go get it out of the, like some of the, the drug stores have like vending machines for them and everything. So they're not, not hard to get these days. Plant, uh, you know, I, I don't know where you're out in the world, but different spaces will give them right to you even. So I would say just, just to be extra safe, if you're not sure, plan B it up. And, and again, if you are really that worried about it, like do it backwards, go, yes. go down on her first, finger her first, <laughs> then make anyway. out. And then, you know, yeah, it's like, and then, and then if you really, if this is the, the preferred way that you guys want to get off, great. Just you completely eliminate the risk. If the last thing you do is the swallowing is like, if semen is, is the last thing and has no opportunity to get anywhere near a vagina, you're not going to get pregnant. hundred percent. Mm -hmm. And I just like that order of operations anyway. Like yeah. let's prioritize uh, female pleasure, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm well, here we, for that. We're huge supporters of that, so you know. <laughs> yeah. And oddly enough, I feel like this is a a good sign of a, a male partner because most dudes who you know once they get a blowjob, they're done. They're tired. You know, yeah, you know the hands are are, are wiped to be like, ah, oh, thanks a lot. So the fact that this guy is, 
you know, one, making out with the partner who just swallowed Mm -hmm. his semen and then proceeding to, you know, reciprocate. Good for you. But if this is a concern, flip it around. Mm -hmm. Bingo. I mean, it's a low bar, but we'll give him a cookie. Yeah, he's he's doing at least the bare minimum, which sadly is not <laughs> not very yeah. common. Uh, exactly. Um, so the next question is, and we've talked about this a lot, I feel like lately, and I can't, we had a very wild recording schedule this past month, and I can't remember if this was on our Patreon podcast or not, so we're going to talk about it briefly here. I'm um, 90% sure it was. I think it was too. This is, uh, should I go on a second date with a man who let me pay for my meal on the first date? What is that question? Oh, <laughs> sorry. I don't, I hate sounding judgy when people ask questions, but that one gets me. Um, why? I think, what? I think we've also kind of, sorry, just very quickly. I think uh, we've also been a little judgy earlier on the questions. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that I have no idea where they came from. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. like, it just seems very funny because the list kind of every question sounds so different that like, if I knew they were from like, a teen or if I knew they were from like the internet, I'd be able to treat them appropriately. So I think yeah. a lot of the funniness is just that I have no idea where they're coming from. I think but it's anyway. okay that we have a sense of humor around them. I just get in mm-hmm. that. I just try to be in the practice of like withholding judgment. But that mm-hmm. one, this one is this as a dating question. Um, maybe it's just because I operate with a different set of um like a, a different view of my of like the the exchange with like finances and gender. Like I just um so so the question is should I go on a second date? I assume I say I'm making an assumption, but I'm assuming the, that the do do we assume it's a woman asking the question? I would assume so, just based on yes. like the exchange, like the indignation over the exchange. Because yes. I don't feel like that comes into play in any other it does circumstance. Or no. at least as much. So I guess it depends on okay, okay. I guess it I let's 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 talk about like some dating etiquette. I want to hear what you guys think. Does the person who asked for the date, is that person, is there an expectation that that person will either foot the bill or arrange to like go Dutch? Like that that person will handle the emotional labor of the money conversation? I as I've mentioned before in, in previous iterations of this conversation is yes, I feel like if I invite someone out for drinks or dinner or something then I expect to pay. Um, But I've also mentioned before in the past too, where I know that I I date women and I know that there are women who don't like the, you know, the dollar sign hanging over their head as, you know, ammunition at a later date or exchange, because I know there are, there are some shitty dudes out there who are, you will pull the card of being like, well, I paid for dinner. So, you know, yes. like maybe you should come back to my. So like, I understand that some women don't want that as, as something that could come up later. Um, so if a woman insists or, or at least mentions that, like she would like to split it or go, go Dutch on a date, I will usually insist once and be, and like reassure and be like, thank you. I appreciate the offer. It is very nice of you, but I asked you out. I would love to pay. It is my treat tonight. If again, she mentions that she's not comfortable with it, you know, I, I will be like, okay, cool. Then we'll split it because I don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. And I know people have money insecurities as well. So I I don't want to put anyone out or, or make feel and make anyone feel uncomfortable. But at the same time, I understand that there is also like the social, you know, graces of the dance of the let me no let me kind of thing. So like, I understand that I appreciate it if they're doing it to be polite, but I do sort of insist on a, on a date, especially if I've asked you out that I will take care of it. 
Yeah, I think especially for the first date as well, like if you're inviting somebody out, I think like it it makes sense. Like it's only fair really for you to cover it. Like as things progress and as it's less of a like, hey, let me take you out or meet me here and it's more collaborative, then it can drop off a bit. But I definitely think first date especially. Um, that, that was all really insightful stuff. Um, I, 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 and I would have, I agree completely. I, I'm thinking too, I wish people did a better job just communicating with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish that it was like, Hey, can I take you to dinner is different than would you like to have dinner with me? Right? Like, yeah, very true. can I, can I take you to dinner? If somebody said to me, can I take you to dinner? And then handed me the bill that would probably irk me a little bit because can mm-hmm. I take you to dinner implies that they want to buy me dinner. But um, like it seems like a very direct invitation that they would like to take me out. But if they said, hey, would you like to have dinner with me? And then when the bill came, there was like a who's who, like who's doing this sort of dance. That might be like I might not have expected it, but I, I think it would be. I would be like a lot less weirded out or like feel confronted by it. But I date queer people too. And so I queer dating, like the rules are maybe a little bit different. Maybe, maybe there is a little bit more clear, like maybe not. I don't know. I, maybe I don't like to be put in a situation where I don't know what's going to happen. And so I do tend to like, I try to, make sure that if I'm saying yes to a first date, I've got enough money to like cover my stuff, you know, or whatever. Or, you know, if somebody's like, I wait for them to say it's on me before I assume it's not, you know, or whatever, it's mm-hmm. that we're not going Dutch. Um, but if it was like, if it wasn't set up front and it was sort of ambiguous and then when the bill came, the maybe the, the person got up and left to go to the bathroom and so sort of left you with the bill and you made the choice to pay, I, I want to know how that conversation went. Did you say like, hey, do you want to go Dutch? And the person was like, no. Then then again, I don't know if I would want to go back out with that person just because that seems like a weird, presumptuous, like, you know what I mean? That they just mm-hmm. assumed you were paying. But if you just paid it and they let it happen, it sounds like, is it passive aggressive that you paid it? Like if you didn't want to pay the bill or if you didn't want to buy their meal and you were only comfortable like, I, I guess I just want, I don't know enough about like what went down to mm-hmm. assume that it just would be completely deal breakery for a second date. So the things that stuck out to me are the the terminology of who let me pay for my meal. So let me implies to me that like they offered and my meal implies that it's only like, you know, kind of their portion. That's like, if you offer and someone's like, oh, sure, thank you. I don't think you can turn around and be pissed off. Yeah, I, I get that sometimes the offer is like not necessarily genuine, but it's like, I don't think you should ever then be annoyed if you do offer and someone takes you seriously on it. Yeah. But like I said, in my example, like again, if I, I will never try to supersede someone's, uh, you know, desire with my, with what I want to do in the sense is why I will like, I will insist only once because like, it it we live in a time where like we should respect like hopefully that if if someone is saying something that they're being honest and they're not playing some like weird gender role like bullshit game of being like oh it's actually my role as the woman to be like you know oh let me pay and then it's your role as the man to be like no 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 and i I, I don't I feel like that might have happened in this situation where yes. she kept insisting being like no please please let me please let me and the guy was like, all right. 
Like, like if you want to, because like I, I, I would never tell someone, especially a woman that like they can't do something or have some sort of like say over how something goes down. See, I, I think it was like, I'm, I'm imagining a scenario where there was one offer to pay and instead of doing the like, come back and say, no, no, let me get it. The person Mm -hmm. just let it happen. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. that's the scenario I'm I'm assuming that and and I don't know if it's so like we have to think about things like like cultural influences like where are they at in the world mm-hmm. and like certain like different cultural communities handle ideas about like what's macho and feminine in different ways and like so there are like expected rules of engagement and so you know I'm I'm making some assumptions but a scenario where this question seems reasonable to me is a scenario where there are some sort of expectations about what dating looks like and like when I was growing up I grew up in I grew up in a very religious conservative environment where if I was going out there was an expectation that like a man would pay for things. And so I might offer and say, oh, you know, I can get mine to be nice. But that passive aggressiveness was part of like respectability culture. Mm -hmm. And then there was an expectation that the man would come back and say, no, 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 I've got it. And so if I offered once and then the man said, okay, and then I ended up paying, Again, I don't know if that would be like a deal breaker for me because I did offer, but mm-hmm. I do think like I might notice it or have at the time. And so I can imagine a scenario where it would definitely catch someone off guard mm-hmm. to like offer to pay and then be allowed, be like, quote unquote, like they let you pay. Like I can imagine a scenario where that's where that's happening and where the person feels a little like like they that was an unexpected exchange. But I guess to me that unless they were otherwise also a jerk or they were like a bigot or they were like, unless they were some other deal breaker to me, I don't see that as a deal breaker, but I mean, I guess I don't, I can't make deal breaker decisions for other people. I just know Mm -hmm. like if it was, if someone was coming to me, I would say like, don't lose out on a great person because they took you at your word. If anything, that's a person who's a straight shooter. That's a person who's a direct communicator. Uh, there's, have you guys ever heard of the concept of like ask culture and guest culture? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've got it. What it sounds like to me is you've got one person who's ask culture and one person who's guest culture. And I, I, if, if it's going to be a large incompatibility for you that like that guest culture isn't there, maybe you have to think about that, but I would do a second date and see how that went to feel it out. Like, is 100%. it a compatibility? Yeah. So if anything, it seems like a second date for science. Like just see yeah. the do the experiment again. Yes. Yeah, because that's the thing. I feel like it's not like again, as you say, it's hard to say what deal breakers are for other people. Everyone has their own limits. I think like objectively, this doesn't seem like a terrible thing. You know, it sounds like you've offered, and it's like they took you at your word. They were straight up, and also I guess like yeah, there there it could be bad, could be not bad. I don't think it's a deal breaker. I think as you said, for science, do a second date, see how that goes, figure out if those incompatibilities stretch further or whether it was just like a one-time miscommunication, you know, cause again, like there's a number of reasons why you might not want to take the bill. Like maybe it ended up being a little bit more expected, uh, expensive than you realize and someone offered and you were like relieved, or maybe you didn't want to seem pushy and like shitty or, you know, there's a million different things. So go out again, unless there are other red flags. And- I, I did have, this makes me think of a story. This is like a little personal story. I did have a partner one time, and this is a longer term partner who had like said that they were going to take me on a trip. 
Mm-hmm. And so they planned this whole trip and then took me on the trip and then I think didn't expect things to be as expensive when we got there. And so started asking me to like pay for half the trip once we got there. Oh, no. And that was not because everything was a surprise. So until we got where we were going and it was like an out of town thing and it was like multi-day. And so I didn't have the chance to like financially prepare to be on a trip. Mm-hmm. And so or even the- I guess make the choices on what to do in the trip. Like you Yes. Know. Yeah. The whole thing. And so I loved that they took initiative and I loved that they like planned this thing. And I don't think it was, I think they had intended to take care of everything. And then it just snuck up on them. And so I think they like wanted to do this nice thing. And then instead they were like wanting to go Dutch, like for most of it. And I remember being really caught off guard by that because I was like, oh, like this is the way that it got worded was like, let me take you to do this thing and let me do this nice thing for you. And I was like, just barely starting like my grad school work at the time. And so I was like, you know, poor grad student, you know, and I was, and so it worked out and it was fine. But I remember that scenario feeling a little like if this was earlier in the relationship, this might've signaled some incompatibility because of the lack of like conversation around the financial burden that a long trip can hold for people. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's different than like one dinner, one night. And, And a dinner can be expensive, but and we we want to be aware of people's financial limitations, but th- that it makes me think of us that story of like kind of being stuck in this out of town space and the bill arriving and then being like, hey, can we go Dutch? And I'm like, fuck, sure. Yeah, that, that sucks because you're like literally trapped. You're not home. Yeah, you're like, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I guess we can. So yeah, there was definitely some conversations around it after we got back from our trip. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. We'll squeeze in one more question. Because I think this is I think this is a spicy question of the, like of it. the episode. A friend of mine asked me to make her pregnant. She wants to raise a child alone. I accepted and we kind of scheduled the thing. How should I handle the act not to make things weird afterwards? Should we make love or just the minimum? Um, I'll take this one because I threw the last one on you, Dan. I, so firstly, instead of asking us, ask them. <laughs> Right out of my mouth, you took those words. That's exactly you know, what I was going to say. <laughs> like we, we say this a million times on the podcast, and we'll say it a million times more. Communication is key. And like already I can, maybe it's just me reading into the text, but we kind of scheduled the thing. That doesn't sound like communication's happening at all. You have scheduled it or you haven't. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wouldn't that so, be a horrible miscommunication? <laughs> right? And like on top of that, it's like, I feel like, you know, communication is, is key no matter what. But like in a situation like this where it's like you're giving you're getting somebody pregnant and they're going to raise your child alone. It's like that alone, if you haven't really communicated the parameters there is a recipe for fucking disaster, let alone the actual, you know, act. But I would 100 percent talk to them and see what they're comfortable with, because like, you know, it, it sounds kind of transactional at this point, And it's like. You know, it's it's their body. It's it's your body. You guys are the ones who should be setting these parameters, right? Like I could say anything, and it could be totally against what they want. So, yeah, yeah. go talk to them. I, I, you know, I I like to tell people that consent is not like a contract, but in this particular case, this is a situation that actually requires some paperwork. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so I think that like when you're having the very necessary contract negotiations that you need to have to make this a viable situation for everyone involved, I think it's great that you want to help your friend out, and I think it's, you know, 
having a really thorough level conversations many, many times over a length of time to make sure that we all know what we're saying yes to and getting things in writing for sure. And even then expecting to like have changes of heart and mind as you go through it, because this is a very emotional thing. I think that like, um, if you're asking for advice on whether or not the transaction should be transactional or should be loving, my thing that I would ask you to consider is what kind of feelings do you are you inviting in? Mm -hmm. And so if you're considering a more romantic transaction, which is totally within everybody's rights to consider, consider that this is a very emotional situation to be in in the first place. And if that's okay with you, and if you're okay with inviting those feelings, like sex does things to our hormones and pregnancy will do things to hormones. And so there is a possibility that you're already going to be in an emotionally sticky situation. And so having a more romantic and like loving interaction may just, um, there will be additional emotional things to consider so that when you're having the discussion with them, not us, that is something to consider is what level of emotionality do we want? Do we want something that feels kind of cold and transactional or do we want, like, are we a warm and loving friendship? And is that something we want to invite in? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a hard, I mean, it's a difficult question, but like, there are also things to, to consider in terms of like, what kind of friend is this? Is this, you know, someone you chat with at work? Is this someone that you <laughs> hang out with regularly? Is this, you know, like a friend of a friend? There's a bunch of things you need to to sort of like figure out because I can I, I can think of like three different female friends that, you know, could ask this of me. And I have a very different relationship with all three of them. And you also have to understand of the fact of like pregnancy it doesn't just happen. Sometimes it takes more than one try. So you mm -hmm. also have to understand that like this might not be a one-time situation because you might get lucky. And yes, you know, maybe, maybe you just have to have sex once and that works and she gets pregnant after that one time. But like ask, you know, any couple that's tried to have kids, sometimes it's not that easy. So you also have to understand uh, or, or at least negotiate of being like, well, is this a one-time thing that we're going to try once and if it works, it works, hooray, and we move on? Or is this a, am I, you know, are we entering into a relationship of we're going to do this in however many different ways and on whatever schedule that we need to do it in order for this to be successful for you? It could get messy otherwise. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's also going to, we have to talk about, we have, they have to talk about, like, discuss, like, what happens if someone when someone catches feelings and those mm -hmm. aren't reciprocated, like, what does that look like? Because even just if, even if it's like one or two times of the sex before the pregnancy happens, there's a very high probability that you guys will not be on the same page ev throughout the whole process, mm -hmm. like emotionally speaking. And or so even like when the baby's born, right? Like, yeah. 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 All of it. Like, especially if you're friends and you have to see this kid and know that it's yours. Like, Oh yeah. Like, so what do you do? We, there has to be open communication on like what happens when you're you will someone will feel things and those feelings will need to be discussed and so i know the, the heart behind this question is are we keeping it cold or are we letting it be warm i think it doesn't matter let's say you go with the cold route it doesn't matter how icy cold the sex is i don't think it's possible to get through this whole scenario without exchanges of emotion here and so i think if we're trying to avoid exchanges of emotion just assume that it's going to be wildly unexpected and they're going to catch you off guard and like what is your game plan for when that happens 
Mm-hmm. And I think like a few things to consider is like one, if you are worried that things are going to get weird afterwards, maybe don't do this. Mm-hmm. Right. If that's a big concern for you, like don't do it. Maybe secondly, there's a world of uh, different actions between making love and the minimum um, <laughs> on top of that. What? Someone's someone's minimum is not everyone else's minimum. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know what he has in mind, but like some minimums are really bad. So <laughs> we're also ignoring the obvious solution here where you don't have to have sex. You just come in her mouth. You make out with her. <laughs> and just fit in there. Just yes. yes. Back to the first question. And, and it came full circle. What a beautiful way to wrap that up. <laughs> right? It's the easiest way to do it. Um, now, Angel, I don't know if you're in a rush to get out of here or not, but at the end of the episode, we like to peruse online dating and take a look at Tinders and profiles and and hinge profiles. Would you like to join us for that? That sounds like fun. I mean, I can't visualize anything, so you'll have to walk me through it. But yes. Oh, it's okay. We we tend to uh, specifically only deal with the the written text because we don't like to you know mock anyone's physical appearance. Yeah, like it's that. just pure bios, you know. And like bios are something that are definitely under your control, you know. Yes, yes, yes. And people should really take more time with them. <laughs> oh, they they really fucking should. And you know what? <laughs> they regularly don't. Which is why it's fun for us. I mean, <laughs> so I'm gonna start us off because I think this ties in really well for our last question. This is Sarah. She's 29, and her profile just says ovulating. Oh, that's it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Damn, you know what? Ten out of ten for humor as a dating profile, maybe, maybe a maybe a two. Yeah, I mean, well, okay, Sarah is a very clear broadcaster and is making sure that she gets what she wants. I feel like Sarah was hacked. I feel like <laughs> Sarah's little brother found her dating website and is like, ha, I'm on to you. Like, I don't know, this just feels like I, I can't imagine that this is that that is a sincere effort. <laughs> you got to give it a rating. It's oh. out of 10. Yeah. And 10 is the best dating yeah. profile ever. And what is it like zero? You can go into the minuses. We regularly do. Oh, yeah. This is like a solid zero. Like I can't. Yeah. There's that's how much effort Sarah put in. So that's the rating she gets. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Well, this is Nicola. Environmental visual communicator. Tree planter. Artist. New to the city and need to explore. God, this bio sucks. Is that the okay. whole bio? Yep. <laughs> and that was her saying it sucked, not me. <laughs> oh, I was like, wow, that was such a strong reaction. Oh, yeah, and... no, sorry. That, that's, <laughs> her, that's her text, not me at all. God, this bio sucks. I don't think you should. You know how there's like a rule with public speaking where you shouldn't tell the audience you're nervous? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that I think that we've made this faux pas here a little bit. Like, don't tell people it sucks. Let them come to that conclusion on their own. <laughs> A hundred percent. It's it's like it's so sad because it's not the worst. I, you know, as we just saw, it's a little better than ovulating. Um, <laughs> it is a little better than that. But like, it's such a weird thing to put in there because one, it's like if it sucks, change it, right? Like you have the power here. And two, it's it's weirdly like you're you're just like demeaning yourself already. You're talking yourself down. I get that self-deprecation is like humor, but this is not landing. No, I I give it like a three. Okay. I'm going to do the same thing. I think a three is generous. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it probably would have been a two, but like, there's just like that pity one from (laughs) from that last line where I'm like, yeah. Bless your heart. At least you're (laughs) self-aware. Yeah. Um, This is Brenna. Dating me is like ordering 10 chicken wings, but getting 11. 
Ooh. I love it. That's I like a, that a lot. Big promise to make, Brenna. Yeah, See, one great thing, two, great humor. Three, she likes chicken wings. Yeah. I, I, I think it's I think it's a tall order to to live up to though. I don't know. That's I mean thing. that's okay. Is it though? I mean, how much I understand we like chicken wings, but chicken wings aren't like bliss. Like that's a really <laughs> appropriate level of joy to set up if you know you're a delight. Like yeah, you, you know would what? be I, yeah. I'm in. I give Brenna like an eight for that. That's that's just that's cute and funny and playful and doesn't take herself too seriously. But is like I expect you. I am a delight, and I'm going to tell you about it. And like I I would I would swipe. Was it right? I would swipe right mm-hmm. on 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 Brenna. Yeah, yeah. It's got the confidence. It's got the humor. It's great. I love it. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an eight as well. I'm gonna give it a nine. Ooh. Dan and does really love chicken wings, so I fucking love chicken wings. But I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to get a ten because there's that one that that you know ten percent chance that she set herself up for failure. That she's not a delight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she tanks the first date. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, this is Rafi, and it is a, sh- uh, a lady. A group of ferrets is called a business. So when someone says they're taking care of business, they're really just taking care of a bunch of ferrets. <laughs> <laughs> it's an easy 10 for me and she actually went to my university as well even though she was found over here so there you go point for that that's the kind of shit they taught us <laughs> i love it it's a, it's very endearing it's very funny and endearing it's um i i would i'm gonna give it an i'm gonna give it an eight yeah i'm i'm also you know i think i'm gonna do nine just because i get the feeling they really love animals too and i like that it's just great nine yeah it's an right. easy 10 for me. I don't need anything more than that. <laughs> it's very adorable. So uh, This is Andrea. I want someone to take me on a date that they put thought and effort into. And I want it to be sweet and romantic. I want to sit across from them in awe of how great and charming they are. I want them to kiss me and make me feel dizzy. But this is Tinder, so I'd appreciate it if you don't open with sit on my face. Smiley face. <laughs> 11. Like... <laughs> That is the most relatable, and I don't know if I'm her, her target audience, but that is the most relatable like dating profile ever. I'm gonna put exactly what I want, but please just don't be a creep. And like, I I I I think it's I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm giving it a ten as well because it. Uh, at first, I was like, if it if without the like the punchline at the end there, I would have yeah. cringed really hard. Oh, yeah, I, I was cringing. It. And then the punchline won me over. Yeah, yeah. I was ready to be like, wow, this this person seems like, you know, a lot. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of humor. A lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it's it's a 10. Yeah, yeah. Well, because especially because it's Tinder, like on a different app that the 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 sincerity of the the first part, like, you know, she had us in the first half. Like, I, I think that that belongs somewhere else. And so that's why I was a little like, oh, I don't know if that's a Tinder profile, but like that closer that she knows exactly what her audience is. Like, <laughs> I have Helen. Three things I'm proud of being me. I do not play. I give my best. And when I choose you, it's only you. Sweet as sugar, hard as ice. Hurt me once, I'll kill you twice. <laughs> Swipe left if you're looking for fun. Oh. <laughs> no. Not even sex. Fun. I assume that's what they mean, but yeah, yeah. I know this doesn't come off well. Wait, no, I thought let I thought swipe left meant you didn't want it. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, say no if you want fun. Say no to me if you want something fun, because I am not fun. I am yeah. I am a ferret. I have serious business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious business. Oh, 
That is, well, okay. There are definitely people out there looking for that kind of energy in their exchange. And so <laughs> it, so it sounds like she knows exactly who like she's looking for. Mm-hmm. And I bet she gets exactly the type of interactions that she's like summoning with that. So for accuracy, I'm going to give it like a seven. Mm-hmm. I but think overall, it's very deliberate. Overall, it's very alarming and jarring. And, <laughs> yeah. and so <laughs> I, was, I was very freaked out by that. But I think that was the point. <laughs> I think it like part of me loves that this person has their own personalized murder rhyme. You know? like, <laughs> yes. They they have to have that tattooed on them somewhere, right? Sweet as sugar, hard as ice, hurt me once, I'll kill you twice. That's wonderful and absolutely terrifying. And as someone who does like fun, I feel like this is a four, three, a three. <laughs> wow, that's that's generous. I'm giving this a zero. Oh, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't that. go near this this whole situation if you paid me to. See, I appreciate the murder rhyme, but from a safe distance. Yeah, See, no. I get like a very intense, like almost dominatrixy type of vibe from it. Like I like like you know, some people are really into like erotic humiliation, mm-hmm. and so I like I said, I feel like she knows who's out there looking for it. And so I, I think that's why she gets extra points for like just going balls out and like. I think like, I think committing. doms are more fun than this, though. Oh, <laughs> like, I, it's a very specific type of thing. I'm not saying like all, not all doms. I'm I'm saying like uh, look, there's a very specific market for what she is selling, mm-hmm. and she seems to have identified. I hope I'm I'm giving her a lot of credit. I really <laughs> hope. I, she hey, has I appreciate like- it. <laughs> and the thing is, like one of the most like common complaints we have about things is that like you don't show your personality and like yeah i guess that we don't know what you're looking for necessarily and to her credit we get both those things yes, so we do. <laughs> hence the three all right i love it uh this is my last one this is sienna queer social work student bet i can out drink you trying to get railed but a nice date would be good too <laughs> i like that I-, I find that to be a very middle of the road like very straightforward not I, I, like a, that's like a like a five for me. I like just the straightforwardness. You know, I feel like a lot of people tend to dance around like sex on like their profiles. So yeah. the fact that they're like able to be straight up about it to a degree is is fun. So like seven. Uh, I'm gonna split the difference and go six because I I feel like I agree with both of you. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I, I think it's a good point, the like being straightforward about sex. And so that that wasn't that didn't put me off. It just I didn't. Um, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't impressed. That's cool. Yeah, it's a little bland, but yeah. But hey, one... you know what she's asking for. Exactly. Right. And I appreciate that. Now, this one is, is not bland. Uh, this is Ellie. And this is going to be my last one. Definitely not three raccoons in a trench coat. <laughs> Big serial killer energy. <laughs> Almost always planning my next nap. I'm not a bad person. I just don't care about your travel stories. Ugh, I made a face. <laughs> like I like I literally cringe. Yeah, I I'm probably making the same face you are. Ugh, like a t- <laughs> like a two, I guess. I feel it, like it lost me after the first line for sure. Yeah. Ugh, maybe a two is too high. Serial killer energy. I'm kind of four because nine times <laughs> out of ten, they're pretty charismatic. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, I bet you that's not what she means. 
Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> she's so like depends. I'm charming like Ted Bundy. Like, yeah, because if <laughs> yeah. you're charming, you would know that saying that isn't charming. Exactly. I mean, I guess the thing is, it's like I guess you can go one way. It's like, are you serial energy? Are you charming like Ted Bundy? Are you, you know, making a nipple vest like Ed Gaines? So, <laughs> I guess yeah. Okay, I retract my statement. I'm gonna give this a zero. Yeah, like even just like I don't care about your travel stories. It's like that's it's such rude. a vague thing to hate because like not all travel stories are equal. You know what I mean? Right. That's like imagine just being like, oh, I was, and just like, oh, shut up. It's like, what yeah. else do you not care about? That just seems like you are, in fact, a bad person because, like, a travel story is no different to a what I didn't work today story to a, like, you know, here's the dog I saw at the park story. Okay, I'm doing a zero, too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm changing my answer. Zero. Well, thank you very much, friends, and thank you, Angel, for joining us today. Uh, it has been a pleasure. We love doing this, and it's even more fun when we have an extra special guest who is as fun as you. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's nice. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. Hey, anytime. Niall and I will be doing a uh, recurring column on Tickle.life in which we will be doing much the same of what we, we usually do uh, and answering uh, sex and dating questions. So if you want to, you know, have something in writing instead of on audio, you can submit your <laughs> questions to Tickle.life. But it, I don't know how much we haven't really, uh, you know, put into to fine print everything so i don't know if you have more to to share with everyone. no yeah i mean that's pretty much it that's the column i will be involved a little bit um just oh, yeah. uh helping with uh if if there's like any kind of like accuracy situation that like i can gently like assist with like i will be helping with that but i mean you guys are like a pretty insightful bunch and it's a lot of fun and so i don't know how much i get to like commentate on things we haven't again it hasn't like all been totally finalized but i know that i get to be like involved a little bit which i was really excited about i was like please let me sign me up um so uh i i am ex i'm looking forward to the column i'm looking forward to to doing whatever i can to be helpful and be a good resource to you all and to to everybody reading and so but yeah please if you're listening please write in and let let Danielle like answer your questions so I can read their amazing answers. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I'm excited. You're going to be working with us. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, if you have a question for us um, or would like to support the show, head on over to fbuddiespodcast.com. You can click on either the contact form to shoot us a message or any of our social media, or you can jump on over to the, our Patreon page and uh, sign up there to help support the show. Um, if you donate with the, the two higher tiers, uh, you get a free uh, or an extra bonus content episode every month called Pillow Talk. Thank you, Josh Eagle and the Harvest Cities for their song, Paper Stars. All right, now hit us with some bad sex writing. So this one's short. It's 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 snappy. It's brief, and you know what? It uh, weirdly fits into uh, it weirdly fits into what we did today. So it's a <laughs> screenshot of the article, or sorry, the title of an article that's called Four Exercises That'll Make Your Vagina So Tight It Becomes a Dick Guillotine." <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> sorry, uh, no one's ready for that. Well, one more word for the fear vocabulary. <laughs> yep, another another addition to that. My name is Dave Miller. And I'm now Spain. And I'm Angel Russell. And we've been your fuck buddies. <laughs>